Hello, welcome to another story about the Peters family. The name of this week's story is Finn Wells Up. In the story, Finn and his family make a return visit to see the Peters family. As we always do, we've included a hymn title or a line from a hymn within the story. If you recognize it, send your answer to whimsywins at gmail.com. If yours is the first correct answer we receive, we will send you a prize. The title of last week's hymn was The Name of Jesus from the story Penelope the Joker. And despite the fact that we've had more listeners lately, we didn't have a winner. So here's hoping we have one next week. It's time for this week's story, Finn Wells Up. Valentine's Day was coming up, and Pearson could not wait for it. It wasn't because he had any particularly fun plans for Valentine's Day, or even a special someone. He still had several years to go before thinking seriously about a special someone. Even still, Mama Peters always tried to make the day festive. There would be candy, and a box of conversation hearts. Pearson and Penelope usually spent the better part of an hour having conversations using only the conversation hearts. There was only so much you could say with phrases like, Be mine, and you are cool! But it was a fun and special memory anyway. In addition to candy, Mama Peters always included a little gadget and a poem written by Daddy Peters. Both Pearson and Penelope treasured the poems. Why, just that morning, Pearson had pulled out the poem from last year and read, When life is hard and not going so well, with so much more trouble than you can tell, there's one little guy who'll have your back if he doesn't give you a heart attack. Our darling son, Pearson, we love you, dear. But stop scaring us, or you'll have us to fear. We love you. Daddy and Mama Peters. As Pearson read the poem, his mind drifted back 12 months ago to the last Valentine's Day when he had just been a tad obsessed with scaring the members of his family. From plastic spiders to jump from behinds, he would do anything to get a laugh out of scaring them. Unbeknownst to Pearson, though, Daddy Peters hadn't been joking with the words, you'll have us to fear, from the Valentine's poem because he had some plans of his own to get back at Pearson with a little scare. The whole family scared him one day after school by hiding in the basement. Even Penelope was in on it. She was the one who had come up with an excuse to force Pearson to go down to the basement. After reaching the bottom of the stairs, Daddy and Mama Peters had jumped out from behind an old dresser, scaring the daylights out of Pearson. And he screamed, like a two-year-old toddler. He learned his lesson, no more scaring. When he finished reminiscing, he placed last year's Valentine's Day card back in his treasure box. His mind drifted back to the present, to what was really exciting about Valentine's Day this year. Finn Wells was coming to town! Since Valentine's Day was on a Sunday this year, Finn would come to town for the entire weekend, and the whole family would stay with the Peters' family. Finn Wells, who used to attend the same church and school as Pearson, was Pearson's best friend before moving away. Since that sad day several months before, Pearson hadn't seen Finn. So when Friday morning rolled around, Pearson could hardly concentrate on his schooling. The wells would be blowing into town in the evening, and Pearson could think of almost nothing else. Piers, I really need you to concentrate. Just look at your math. You really need to think through this problem. How do you regroup those numbers? You need to be careful about that, Mama Peters chided. You need to regroup 412 into 200s, 21 tens, and two ones. But look what you have. You have 300s, 21 tens, and two ones, which equals 512. So please be more careful. If you continue to mess up, I'm going to have to have you go back and review. I'm sorry, Mama Peters. It's just, I am so excited. 
Finn's coming soon, and Todd gets to come too. The gang's all back. The gang? Penelope interjected. You're a gang now? Totally. We're just like the Three Musketeers. Wow, Penelope chuckled. <laughs> no wonder you're having such a hard time focusing. I'm excited too, but I cannot wait to see Mrs. Wells and catch up. How I've missed my friend and her family too. It's been almost a whole school year since they've been gone. I just can't believe it. But we must focus and stay on task. Plus, it'll be a good distraction until they arrive. That's true, Mama Peters. Okay, I'm on it, Pearson said with exaggerated resolve. They all put their noses to the grindstone and finished up with their schoolwork. Afterward, they ate a hot lunch together, and then Pearson and Penelope got down to their chores, cleaning the bathrooms, emptying the trash, dusting the furniture, and vacuuming the rugs and carpet. Mama Peters got busy making a dinner of tortellini soup, homemade rolls, a chopped salad, an apple pie, and vanilla ice cream for dessert. She often made soup for large gatherings because it was just easier to prepare in advance. A couple of hours later, when Daddy Peters walked through the door from work, the house was looking in ship-shape condition, and it smelled heavenly. Mmm, mmm, mmm. It smells yummy in here, Daddy Peters said before kissing Mama Peters in greeting. Thanks, Daddy Peters. The Wells will be here any minute, and the Hicks are joining us too. What? The Wells are coming? Daddy Peters seemed incredulous. Daddy Peters? We've only been talking about it all week long. Pearson couldn't believe that Daddy Peters didn't know. Who are the Wells? Oh, Daddy Peters, are you serious? Penelope thought Daddy Peters was joking, but she wasn't quite sure. He hugged Penelope and then gave the twins a big embrace. Oh, Daddy Peters is serious, all right. Serious about being a tease, that is. Mama Peters glanced at Daddy Peters with affection. Of course I wasn't serious, Nellie. How could I have ever forgotten? You and Pierce have talked about the Wells coming every single day. Well, you won't hear us talking about it every day anymore, Daddy Peters, because they're almost here, Pearson shouted excitedly. Okay, okay, I'll go wash up and get changed. My collar feels like it's choking me. Daddy Peters unbuttoned his top collar button. Maybe you're gathering a little extra skin around your neck, dear, Mama Peters teasingly commented. Are you saying I need to slow down my eating? Never! Daddy Peters winked at Mama Peters before walking upstairs to change. A few minutes later, the doorbell rang. Pearson sprang to answer it. He opened the door to find the Hicks family and the Wells family, who had simultaneously arrived, greeting each other with delight. Mr. Hicks had introduced himself to the Wells family as they stood waiting for the door to open. Hi, Finn! Pearson shouted. He threw his arms around his buddy as he hugged Todd, too. The three embraced in a gigantic bear hug that threatened to topple over from the exuberant movements of jumping up and down and trying to hug at the same time. Penelope hugged her sweet friends Sarah, Janie, Pearl, and Chloe Wells, Finn's sisters. They all enthusiastically greeted each other, and after what seemed like an hour of standing in the front room catching up, dinner was served. Though they'd not seen each other for quite some time, no one would even have known. The families conversed as though no time had passed between them. As brothers and sisters in Christ, they shared about God's goodness. Pearson, Todd, and Finn had so much to catch up on, and it seemed like old times. Pearson also noticed something subtle about Finn that was foreign to him, something that seemed a little bit off, a little bit different. He couldn't quite put his finger on it, but he felt a bit guarded and unsure about his buddy. Pearson briefly looked at Todd, who was interacting as usual, and then he looked at Finn. 
Since Todd seemed perfectly comfortable, Pearson wondered if he was imagining things, so he pushed it aside. After dinner and dessert, Pearson, Finn, and Todd went outside for some airsoft wars. Since it was every man for himself, they shot at each other willy-nilly. Pearson stalked Todd and Finn in the growing darkness, shooting a bit haphazardly in warning. All three of them were melodramatic as they yelled warlike phrases and shot one another and dodged whizzing bullets. One of Pearson's bullets hit its target. Smack! dab in the middle of Finn's back. Finn let out a, Hey, dude, you stink! Pearson was taken aback by Finn's response. It was a game, after all, and he didn't understand why Finn had lashed out. Are you okay, Finn? OMG, dude! Chill! Let it go! Pearson was again taken aback by Finn's response. Okay. Maybe we should just chill with the OMG talk. It's not cool to be even in the same neighborhood as breaking the third commandment, y'all. Let's not accidentally offend God, dude. Todd was diplomatic, but firm. Tell Pearson to take it easy, then. He shot me in the back, so that's not too cool. I'm sorry, Finn. I guess I didn't think of it like that. I was just running around and having fun shooting. Apparently. Yeah, I get it, okay? Finn's response was over-the-top sarcastic. Pearson looked dejected. He didn't know how to respond, so he sat quietly. Ever the peacemaker, Todd offered a suggestion. Bros, shooting out here is getting pretty gnarly with the sun going down. So let's go in, and how about we play some chess? Chess? What kind of dork game is that? Finn's tone was derisive and mocking. Uh, chess is rockin', Finn, broski. It's a game of strategy and skill. You gotta have the skills to pay the bills. You in or out, bro? Todd was undeterred by Finn's attitude. Finn looked at Todd. Whatever. A few minutes later, they were all seated around the coffee table playing a round of chess. Pearson was only too happy to see that Finn got lost in the game of chess, and the old Finn began to emerge. Pearson was heartened by the appearance of his old friend. That night, as the three of them lie in their sleeping bags chatting, Pearson felt strongly that he wanted to ask Finn what the deal was with his attitude. He knew he couldn't just let it go. It had to be addressed if the whole weekend was to go well. Otherwise, he knew he would regret not having said something when he had the chance. Finn, ah, bro, you seem a little bit different. Pearson began nervously. I'm not different. Finn's tone was terse. Yes, you are, Finn. You got mad so easily. And you say things like, like you've never said before, like, like dork. I mean, I, I know that's not a swear word, but it sure isn't being kind. And OMG isn't something that we should be using. Th those aren't wise words. Okay, I guess I've gotten into a couple of bad habits, Pearson. But, but you should hear my friends. They say really bad words, words that I would never repeat. Then why would they be your friends? Todd was genuinely curious and concerned. Dude, they sound like bad news. Well, but Todd, they're the only ones from school that acted interested in me at all. When I first started going to school there, no one even talked to me for the first month. Bro, that sure doesn't sound like fun. I, I bet that was super hard for you. Pearson felt bad for his friend. It was hard, Finn agreed. Though the room was dark, Pearson had a sense that Finn was welling up with tears. I get it, bro. It's hard to be alone. But why are the friends you're with using such foul language all the time? I don't know, Pearson. They get mad at their parents or at a basketball game or during baseball or at teachers. I don't know. They're, they're kind of mad a lot. They're, they're not like you guys. Finn had gone from sounding defensive to sounding despondent. So why hang out with them then? I'm not trying to come down on you, bro. 
But the Bible says in Proverbs twenty two twenty four not to associate with anyone given to anger. You sure don't want to go around being angry. I know, Pearson, I, I don't. But I thought that maybe I could influence them. So I, I kept hanging around them, but yeah, you're right. Bro, one of the first things I learned from the Bible, 1 Corinthians 15, 33, do not be deceived. Bad company corrupts good morals, Todd added in his usual fast-talking ways. I remember it too, because it was like yesterday, yo, because Pearson always said he didn't want to hang out with me because I was bad company. But then he was just judging me wrong, right, dude? Yep, Pearson replied. I remember that verse because it's easy to be deceived and, and think that you're not being influenced, but, but instead you are, and you're not influencing anybody. Bro, you got to walk out of that deception. You guys are totally right. I do feel strangely different inside because I, I'm not influencing them. I, I, I thought I could, but I've probably taken on some of their behavior. But I'm scared because I don't have a single other friend. I don't know what to do. Like, who am I going to hang out with at lunch? Bro, Jesus has your back. He's the best friend you'll ever have. He's got sympathy for you because it says somewhere, somewhere in, in Hebrews, that he, he cares for us and he, and he sympathizes us with, he sympathizes with us. Todd's words were getting all tangled. He'll help you, bro. Let us pray for a rockin' fellowship friend for you. We can pray right now. So they did. The three of them bowed their heads in prayer and each one asked that Jesus would show himself to be Finn's best friend and that if it was God's will, he would provide someone in Finn's life who would encourage him and sharpen him in his faith. But if not, that Finn would persevere and look to Jesus in the darkness. Tears flowed down Finn's cheeks as he confessed his sin of anger and pride in a mouth that wasn't pleasing to the Lord. He thanked the Lord for his old friendships and asked for new, better friends. When amens were spoken, fist bumps and hugs were exchanged. The boy slept soundly that night, and the old Finn was back for the entire weekend. On Sunday, when it was time for Finn to go home, the two families joined hands and sang a song that Mama Peters had sung in grade school. It wasn't exactly a hymn, but it was a verse from Numbers in the Old Testament. Mama Peters didn't even know who had set the words to a tune, but she'd taught it to her family, and all their friends knew it too. It was always an appropriate goodbye song. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord lift up his face to shine on you. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord lift up his face to shine on you. His face was downcast. Pray for me, bros. I don't want to leave you guys. Pearson and Todd felt the same way as they sadly watched the wells drive off for home. Later that evening, after everyone had gone home, Daddy and Mama Peters handed around Valentine's presents that they hadn't been able to give out. Pearson read his card from Daddy Peters. When after this week you say goodbye, you might be sad and have a good cry. Think to pray for your very dear friend and faithful remain right to the end. We're so thankful for who you are. We thank God for growing you so far. Love, Daddy and Mama Peters. Well, that did it. The culmination of the weekend, Finn's sad face as he left, and the Valentine's poem were too much for Pearson. Through hot tears of sadness, he poured his heart out about Finn and his struggles and how much he would miss him. Daddy Peters grabbed his son and gave him a bear hug. He felt pain for Pearson and Finn. With his arm draped around his boy, 
Daddy Peters began to pray. He thanked the Lord for the wells, for the provision of good friends, for Pearson and his sweetness, for the Hicks family and for Todd. He prayed for Finn to grow in grace, even when faced with the trial of possibly not having any good friends at his school. At the end of Daddy Peters' prayer, it was Pearson's turn to pray. Pearson prayed that God would bring some friends into Finn's life. And at the end of his prayer, he amened with all of his heart, convinced that God was able to take care of Finn better than anyone. He determined to try to stay in better touch with Finn and to encourage him in the Lord. He would be diligent to pray for his good friend, that he would find his hope and friendship in God. He felt a peace wash over him, just like the peace of Philippians 4, 7, one that passes all understanding. There had been no palpable changes. Pearson had no idea if God would provide a friend or not. But he went upstairs to bed, thankful that God had given him the courage to ask Finn about the changes in his attitude, knowing that his proverb says, Faithful are the wounds of a friend. Even though Finn had felt pain over what Pearson and Todd had pointed out to him, God had been faithful to turn it into something good. This is Grandmom's Corner. To close our story this week, I've asked my second son to share with us about his high school experience. He lives in a different state, having recently moved from California with his wife and three kids, two sons and a daughter. So I interviewed him by phone. He was homeschooled until his freshman year in high school. Back in the day, if one wanted to play sports, the rules were that it was necessary to attend in-person schooling. Since my son attended a school outside of our district, he didn't really know anyone. As a mom, my heart ached for him because I knew he was lonely without friends there at school. But my constant prayer was, Lord, please help my son make friends if that is what he needs. But if not, let me trust you and let him trust you. Here's my son describing how it felt to attend a school where he knew almost no one. It was a little intimidating. So my first year, I played junior varsity baseball. And then as a sophomore, I varsity as, and then I played there for three years. We were very competitive. We won two titles. I was a little lonely sometimes. It's hard to be in a public school without good Christian friends, even one. And I, I didn't have any. I played baseball, so I knew a lot of people, but I never hung out with them. They were doing things differently that I wasn't supposed to do and we shouldn't do. I believe this was my junior year. We won a really important playoff game, and our team wanted to go and have a party. I wanted to show up a little bit just because they're my teammates, so it was difficult. Most of my friends, if not all of them, came from church, but I got to look forward to like a midweek youth group and then church, so at least two times a week, and then and then throughout the year we'd have different activities. So I would try to hang out with them as much as possible. So what got me through high school was my faith in God, and that I was a Christian, and that I needed to live for God, that no matter how much things were a temptation, no matter how many times people asked me to do things, no matter how much I'd get made fun of, I was living for God and not for man, and I wasn't going to compromise that. And I had to continue to do what the Bible told me to do and not give in to pressure. Some listening may be struggling with the same kinds of things that you struggled with. So will you share a couple of verses that helped you during those rough times? One, rejoice in the Lord always. Mm-hmm. Again, I say rejoice. And I know that as a high schooler, 
that rejoice to me thought I was supposed to be happy, but mm-hmm. that's not what it means. It's mm-hmm. just to rejoice in, in my Lord and my mm-hmm. salvation. That he's mm-hmm. already given me everything. And to know that God can change circumstances. And even if he doesn't change where I'm at, he can change my heart. Then the other one that was always really easy to remember for me, okay, I want to hang out with these people, but they're not good influences. A really easy verse to remember is bad company corrupts good morals. Mm-hmm. And maybe I can just go hang out and it's okay because I'm not doing anything. It's okay to see people that aren't Christians, but you don't need to be consumed by them because they're going to corrupt your behavior and it's going to seep into your life in one way or another. We hope what my son has shared will be helpful to you. This week, no matter what happens, remember, like Todd told Finn, Jesus has got your back, bro. The Lord willing, we'll be back next week with a new story about the Peters family. Bye for now.